What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in, Channel 99. We've got KDG and the Half Max, um, and with her is Danny. He's the pianist. Yes. And, uh, and we totally geeked on everything from religion to uh, to music, instruments, uh, and pipe everything organs. in between. Yeah, the pipe <laughs> organs. Yeah. Star we, Trek. We learned that uh, they've got a bunch of kids down there pushing air into these pipe organs. Star Trek. Yeah. Um, so we had a blast. Make sure that uh, you stay tuned for the entire episode. So they got a shout out. You can find um, the music at KDG Music. It's a forward slash on Facebook, right? So it's Facebook mm -hmm. forward slash KDG Music. And uh, you can find her and uh, all the things that she has to offer, upcoming events and whatnot. Uh, we had a blast. And I appreciate these guys coming in, coming into the studio, spending their time. And uh, make sure you subscribe. Give us five stars. Pass the episode along. And have a wonderful rest of your day. Peace out. Shut up and sit down. leave her in the hospital she was born at the hospital you had to take her to the hospital and leave her in icu you know mm -hmm. and all of a sudden i was praying you know i was like praying to god to, to make my baby all right and i was an atheist and i was praying you know yeah and then uh, you know i said oh i'll do all this stuff and i was you know there it was yeah you know but then i saw her and she was all right so i didn't have to she got well on her own oh it so, wasn't the prayer that did no. it <laughs> how do you know yeah. how do you know yeah. <laughs> yeah i think everybody finds themselves praying regardless of whether or not they believe in yeah. god or some type of higher power i don't know I found I, I find myself praying all the time. Just whatever it is, if there's anything out there, save me. If you're like a multi-dimensional creature, <laughs> well, for me, it's like back, a dude. it's a self-soothing thing, <laughs> yeah, you know. Like, it is. like a baby will suck its thumb or whatever. And like for as an adult, you're like, oh, yeah. you know, it's it's like a mantra. You have to whether you're praying to something or to yourself, or it's just yeah, it's a way to to kind of get your brain. Right. In the right place. And whatever they're and praying to. feelings in line. And whatever we pray to, we've probably got it just as wrong or right as the next person. Well. Right? <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not just every person. But. but it also could be, uh, it could be energy. Maybe you're trying to push out good vibes, good energy, and... It could yeah. just be that that is going to be reciprocated. You're thinking, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. Please give me yeah, something yeah. back, like help me. And then next thing you know, it comes back to you. So um, it could it could be like, um, you know, uh, it could be God or it could just be positive energy that has pushed your way. I really don't know. I, I work with uh, Alana. She's uh, kind of devout Jewish and uh, she's an atheist. But she has this way that she believes you have to pray or that she likes to pray. Mm -hmm. and, but she's a devout atheist. She's not like, well, maybe, maybe not. She's like, no, there's nothing. Yeah. Wow. But See, she's really into her religion. It's her heritage. It's her heritage. But, I mean, it's not just like, hey, I'm Jewish. I mean, I'm Jewish. So, you yeah. know, so what? But, I mean, I mean, great, you know. But she's like, no, and so we have to do this and we have to do that. Yeah. And, uh, well, it's almost, it, I think. But she's an atheist. Yeah, I think for the most part, it's like an ethnic and a cultural thing, regardless of whether or not they believe in like God. I think it's just part of like that culture. But like, they take to they, they the kids go to like religious school, so they you know learn yeah. about God and what you know. 
structure. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I think. It's like, it's all about structure. I'm not anti-religion. I'm not, I'm not atheist. Um, I'd probably describe myself more as agnostic. I'm somebody who just believes that like, as long as I'm a good dude. Right. Right. And I treat people well and I don't take advantage of people and I'm not, I'm not a shitty person. I think God will look at me and be like, all right, man, all right, we gave you a few chances. Hmm, you kind of screwed up here, here, and here, but you're a good dude, so you got to pass. You got to pass. <laughs> I got that free cheeseburger. So, all right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, you show up and you're just a nice person. You do good. But I could be wrong. Um, I dig uh, I dig playing in church. I do, too. I There's really something about oh, the, the music energy. that, yeah. yeah. Well, like, yeah. if you were just to go to church... And just to listen to the sermon, and there was no music. Like people, I don't think people will go. Honestly, no. like yeah. it's it's really about the music, yeah. and yeah. it's about the ambiance and like the atmosphere. Yeah. And music does makes everything better. We did some Even nice stuff kind today. Of mediocre Very music makes things better. What do you think of those songs today? Those are great songs. We did traditional hymns. Just about we did like it is well with my soul, and that one was that one really That's worked a great out one. good. Yeah, I love going to christian churches just for like the free music because you have amazing musicians sometimes who, not maybe not <laughs> the ones i've been we to this church, no, we've yeah. got a nice little band we, get, we mm-hmm. yeah. really do i've been to a couple churches so i i co-host technically i host but like i i produce a show called testimonies with tim and i have like interns from like Life Church and like different churches around here, and they'll come in and they'll do their testimony. And this is, mm. you know, this is what I used to do, and this is how I found God. And they talk about their experience and you know what changed them. And I kind of like, I kind of play a little devil's advocate, but I also allow them like their time to just shine All because right. I think that's important. Um, you know and, where the word testimony came from? I don't. You know where the word testimony? I, no. Is it a test of faith? Uh, no, it's it's de- it's de- derived from testicle, uh, because when you would make a uh, a swear, then they would grab you by you. They would hold uh, your balls. No way. And no if way. you were lying, <laughs> uh, you wouldn't. So a testament was definitely true. But don't you think people would no, say anything? No, turn your head like, and cough. <laughs> yeah. Just straight, grab it. <laughs> this is true, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. It comes from testicle. How do you know wow. that? Isn't that nice? This dude knows a lot. He walked I know. In, he walked into my house. He's like, yo, where's your piano? Let me look <laughs> at your art. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, this dude knows what art I have. I should probably step my game. <laughs> <laughs> Surprisingly, everything but one of the things in here is original. So the, the monkey is not original, but my dog is a scratch. Oh, that wow. was gifted to me. Um, I bought that 10 years ago. So if you go to like... Um, road skate park if you go up to um uh table rock all the buildings from table rock if you go to freak alley the um the big paintings the people who had that it's freak alley gallery gallery yep and and so that's sector 17 that's elmer and mock those those are two of my best friends they've been on my show i read i read the uh article on them they're they're a it was in territory magazine isn't that right i think so yeah Great article, and those guys, um, they've really. Then I looked at their YouTube's because they 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 have a they had an article, so I looked them up on YouTube because they said they had some stuff, and they have like the time lapse, time lapse photographer. Oh, okay. Like of them painting this whole mural like under Rhodes Park in like 
a minute and a half. You wow. Know? Yeah. It's, it's a good. It's, it's really cool. Um, some of my best friends. That's so great. Done that's... That. Yeah. And then um, so there's that brain that's popping right now because I set it up so that the just the only light, natural light that comes in, it'll it'll ping oh, off of it because yeah. of the colors. That was a, a, a local artist on LSD, and they painted their own brain oh. <laughs> on LSD. So I was like, all right, I'll buy it. I'm actually <laughs> impressed take. that someone could take LSD and get anything that intricate done. I know. I'm just, like, so no. distracted by, like, I just want to go outside and, like. I've never done LSD. Like, eat fresh vegetables. I'm just, I was eating, like, I think I took mushrooms once, and I was eating these, like, uh, snow peas. And I was just like, oh, my God, these are, I could just feel like how my body like loved me for eating them. It was like, thank you for giving me something I wanna, I wanna that was do, good for me. I want to do mushrooms. <laughs> uh, I want to do mushrooms again in a in the right setting as a, as a You should come over here and therapy. do it. Yeah. <laughs> Danny, Danny's do actually a, got, a he lives on a farm. I, so you can grow them. Out in the country. Yes, and he this, he's like invited us over to come. Do psychedelics at his house? <laughs> I would totally do that. I just read I just read this book by Michael Poulon, who's a, a food writer, yeah. and it's called How to Change Your Mind, and it's a it's a story about mushrooms, uh, the the history of yeah mushrooms, the history of the LSD movement, how it's being used in therapy. Uh, uh, one thing I didn't know: the guy who founded AA, you know, and gave up drinking, he was an alcoholic. He actually uh, went through it gave up alcohol as a result of a, uh, a psychedelic experience wow. and he wanted to incorporate lsd into aa but it didn't <laughs> the federal government is like hey go. we can't make any money on this sorry <laughs> but there's a lot of there's a lot of people that think that because uh, mushrooms have followed people around and and mushrooms have evolved with our brains like symbiotically stone, the stone ape, ape theory. theory and 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 the, the thing that proves it uh, one of the things that would prove it would be you would think wild mushrooms mushrooms that grew like in the woods away from people would be stronger they're weaker the strongest mushrooms are the ones that grow around people and they seem to grow in disturbed ground that people have disturbed they grow best because it's an aggressive environment and, at that point. And tell tell her the stoned ape theory. Basically, uh, the stoned ape theory is you got a bunch of monkeys like Neanderthals who, as they continuously ate things like ate, ate these mushrooms, it expanded your actual brain, right? And they started your your, like yeah. your, your capacity, brain capacity mm -hmm, yeah, and your capacity to understand creativity. Religion. Every, religion, everything that had to do with um, starting with your hands <laughs> to build yeah. things, to make things, and then uh, obviously with your brain to make sure that like you are using the rest of like that brain. So um, yeah, it's an enlightenment theory, and it, it basically has to talk about, or it has to do with um, a bunch of like Neanderthals taking mushrooms yeah. and expanding their brains, and that, that, that forced us, us into an evolutionary... Yeah. Um, an yeah. evolutionary, I guess you could call us like a, a subject at this point, but I do believe that we, that, that is a cool, that is a cool theory, but I honestly think that we are genetically modified by aliens. <laughs> so <laughs> see either that or mushrooms yeah. that or, mushroom. or genetically uh, modified by aliens on mushrooms. Maybe right? <laughs> no. they're coming down. Yeah. They're just maybe like, they planted them for us to oh, find. Oh, yeah. Cause like, that's a lot of work for them to have to like come over here and like it's do a, experiments on us. They're like, Oh, we'll just, you know, leave Actually, them it's, it's just a somewhere. dimensional thing. They just jump dimension. Yeah. I think they're right here. Yeah. 
Yeah. I guess Are I'm you, thinking like a three dimensional person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You gotta think 4D right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I, I'm a I'm a huge believer. I had a guy on here. He is very successful in certain types of investments, and um, I've known him shortly, but long enough to um, to geek with him. He showed up and was doing he microdoses on LSD. Mm-hmm. Very successful businessman. He's got like some issues that he's like been working through his whole life, and uh, and he does like a microdose. So he came over, and uh, we did two different shows. Same night, just because there were so many topics and it was so long that I had to cut them up. But we talked about, you know, whether or not aliens are they actually from like are they extraterrestrial or are they intraterrestrial? Like when you look at the movie like Black Panther, right? And the whole movie. mountain, yeah, I didn't really. Get I thought into it was kind of sexist, to be honest. Really, mm-hmm. I just didn't really get into it. <laughs> what, because all the it. girls are always dressed like hot. Okay, it because, they're all leathered oh, out. Just, <laughs> because it was like none of the women could ascend to their throne; it had to be a man. Yeah. That, oh, so man. I thought it's that like they sexist. tried to be more inclusive of women, but I think they still fell short. Right. right. But yeah, I also just didn't think it was that entertaining. It wasn't a good movie. I know. I, I was really disappointed. I didn't think it was amazing. No. But um, when the mountain opens up and you've got like the normal Earth, right, and then all of a sudden they're coming out with like starships or whatever you yeah, call them yeah. like these like ufo basically looking ships they got all these different powers whatever i i think okay if you look at the planet any picture taken of planet earth from outside is just a bunch of pictures put together uh-huh. we don't know what we don't know so we really don't know a which is why I don't I don't subscribe to the flat earth theory, but I definitely let them have their fun. And I think those guys should geek out because um, there are so many different random weird theories. I'm I'm more of a believer in the hollow earth because there's a lot more background that goes into Hitler, goes into like the Third Reich, goes into all these different things that have to do with South America, North America. We're talking like Admiral Byrd going into like the journey of the like journey to the center of the earth or whatever you know like there are a lot of different things that would push me more towards are these like time travelers from the future who are able to come back and they're just looking at us and kind of fixing and tweaking things as they go along or are they maybe atlantis that descended into the like inner bowels of our actual planet earth and there's like an interior where we don't know about it because we really don't know anything. Like, let's be real. How many of us in this room have walked four miles out into the middle of the wilderness? Nobody. Mm-hmm. But well, Danny probably has maybe <laughs> Bigfoot. We could talk about Bigfoot. Yeah, right, right. You know, if you want to talk about like, yeah, if we want to geek out on stuff like that, like Bigfoot, like um, it, like evolution. Is there God involved? You know, the way that I think is God created Eve from the rib of Adam, and that is genetic modification. Like, he literally took stem cells. The the only way I can think about it is homeboy took stem cells, and he genetically modified them to be the exact opposite or to be something that would work well with Adam. And Mm -hmm. next thing you know... We've got that. But it's like people are like, oh, yeah, made it from a roof atom. We're not even going to think about that. And it's like, well, you should probably think about that because, like, that's science. Like, God comes down on light. Who travels on light? Nobody travels on light. That is, like, science. 
yeah. beyond. Like there's things that come out now today where it's like they brought a bunch of like pig brains back after they've been dead for a long time. Like those are zombie pigs. Like there's things <laughs> that like science fiction. Right, right. 20 years ago was saying this is science fiction and now it's literally reality. Oh yeah, there was a whole uh, like a documentary about Star Trek and about it, did you see that with William Shatter and it was like it, all of I've, these um, things it. that were like that were in the original Star Trek series like uh okay for for instance the automatically opening doors that wasn't an actual thing until Star Trek came out and somebody was like hey I'm going to create that. I'm going to make that happen. So they created automatically opening doors. And now they're doing like 3D printers and things like that because they're inspired by this, you know, science they fiction. Talk to the computer. Inspires real life yeah, yeah. science. So, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what's what's real and what isn't real, but I do know like that I exist in some fashion in my head, you know, in this world. And that's. I don't know what comes after it, but this is this is my life I'm living now. Yeah. And if I give positive energy to the world, it will give it back to me. Like I was saying earlier. Mm-hmm. Like it's what you give is what you get. And I will enjoy things like petting a dog or a kitty and, and music. And like and I think science is interesting. I'm not a real scientific person, but I I like to believe that there is, you know, there is some form of spirituality in science. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. I think we're sensitive to a lot of different things. And when it comes to especially like spiritual things, we can be we can be influenced um, very well. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. there's been points in my life where I've broken down and been like, yeah, I believe in God. And then there's other times where I'm like, um, no, I don't believe in God. Um and so I think for me, as just a, a regular person who doesn't subscribe to any religion or any type of a belief, um, I'm kind of out there like an independent, like whatever happens to me, I'll figure it out. Well, I think we're like, I feel like I'm constantly changing yeah. who I am and, and what I believe because I'm always experiencing more and more. And and that changes who I am. And I think that, I think um, actually the church that we go to, the pastor a few months ago, gave this sermon and she said something that really stuck with me. She said, when we're not growing, we're dying. Yeah. I like that. And that really kind of stayed with me. It's true though. I, I've always believed that we were sent here to learn. Like I was raised LDS. And so, um, but not like, not like the traditional kind of weirdo LDS family. Like, like the multiple moms thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, but my parents were always like, always ask questions. If you don't, if you don't have any idea what somebody's talking about, you ask them questions. doesn't matter what they're talking about. If it's authority, if it's like church, doesn't matter. You make sure that they clarify what they're talking about. My father's like a retired uh, colonel in the military. So I was raised very structured, but I was also raised like to respect authority to an extent to make sure that that individual is somebody who I should respect. And my parents were always like, ask questions, ask questions. And I kept asking questions. And that's where I'm at today where, uh, you know, you see you see certain types of um certain types of teachings and whatnot that are going to be consistent within all religions, but then they all have their own different interpretations. And I think it's those different interpretations where people are like, 
all right, well, I relate to that, so I'm going to subscribe to that church, or I relate to the way that they, you know, perceive, you know, this topic, so I'm going to go to that church and whatnot. I don't necessarily believe that there's, um, you know, like the right religion. I just think that there is the right, um, right point of view, and that is to make sure that you are just a good person. <laughs> well, I think that yeah. I don't think it matters whether or not it's real. Right. If it inspires people to go out and do good things yes. in the world, those yes. things that they're doing, those actions are real. So it doesn't matter right. whether it was a story about, you know, like right. Jesus coming to America and preaching to the Indians or, you know, Right. They're just stories. Buddha being reincarnated. It's yeah. like if that inspires you to do something good, then that's yeah. that's positive and that's real. That is real. Yeah. And that's uh and and I think religion in itself it, organizations, but technically religions are the they're the forefront. And uh I think for the most part religions do inspire people to do good in general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For the most part. Yeah. Well, not always. <clears throat> but um yeah, either way, everybody, we've got <laughs> KDG and the Halfbacks and Danny. Um, or the, Did I say that right? KDG and the half max. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, cool. And then we got Danny. And, Danny's uh, the half max. He's a half max. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he's the keyboardist. Yes. What are you? Are you a pianist, keyboardist? I'm a pi- I like to call myself a pianist. The pianist, yeah. Danny I'd is, say the same. Danny is yeah. my right-hand man. Although I think yeah. we're like equals. I wouldn't be able to do anything that I do without him. Yeah. How many people are in the band? It fluctuates yeah. um, just based on... From two we've to two to four, maybe we've had two to five. four. We've, yeah, we've had five sometimes. Yeah. But for the most part, it's like it's it's either it's me, Danny. We've got this killer guitarist mm-hmm. named Kevin, and sometimes it's just me and Kevin. Sometimes yeah. it's just me and Danny, and then sometimes we have a drummer, um, yeah, Grant Green, and then sometimes we'll have just random people sit in with us, like bass players or yeah. sax players. Yeah, you so. always invite me to your shows. The day before your shows. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, damn it. I've got something going on. This has been like the last five shows. Because you guys play in pretty intimate settings. You mm-hmm. play at like coffee shops and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I'm always like, dang it. Why Why did she just invite <laughs> me? I've already got something going on tomorrow. Um, and I've tr- been trying to make it out and take photos of you guys just because um, it's good for my portfolio as, as a studio to make sure that I get around for the local musicians. Um, I'm kind of saturated in like the metal scene and the like the mm-hmm. rock scene, the punk scene, just because those are the people who come through and record here. You know, my tenant, um, he he is also a music producer. And so I'm kind of stuck in that area, which is why I invited you guys out. Um, I know. And thank, not you, 100%. thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. totally. Totally. Thank <laughs> you for coming in and hanging out with me. This well, is this I is actually, a treat. I remember in high school. You made this documentary about this kid who was I and I remember this kid from school. I don't think I had any classes with him, but he was kind of like this loner kid. Yeah. And I think everyone in the school watched this documentary. It was about how he's like obsessed with Elvis and he would like dress up like Elvis. And I just thought it that was so neat that like you made that connection with this person who like I don't think most people would have ever given him a second thought, but you you kind of I don't know. You make connections Thank with you. people. I think that's that's really amazing. Thank you. And that I will always remember that film because I thought it was really cool. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's uh, Justin, and he is currently writing his second album. Wow. Surprisingly, so he picked up a guitar. I still stay in contact with him all the time, 
and uh, we won video of the year for the Oscar night for like the high school film festival, which was really cool. Um, I wasn't going for that. He is a great friend, a good person. He deserved every minute that I put on film. Um, and if I could, I'd do it all over again. That that guy is awesome. Um, so thank you. I appreciate that. We definitely had a good time. Um, and I never would have known that, that, that anything about that guy like – did he wear like yeah. Elvis clothes yes, to school? Yes, it was, oh, yeah. it was yeah. amazing. And I never would have known that. Would he talk like Elvis? Would he go, thank you very much? Thought, he would. He yes. would. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. And like you'd get, because he worked in the, like in, in the, uh, what's it, cafeteria. So he'd serve fries. And every time you'd be like, thank you, he'd be like, oh, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Did he, he have the school dance it. dance like Elvis? I don't know. I don't remember. Probably. All right. The guy was hardcore, though. Uh, as far as Elvis goes, he was really into Elvis. Well, Elvis is amazing. Yeah, yeah. He is. Yeah. I just watched this documentary on, um, I think it was Amazon. They have this document, like Amazon Prime Video, and they have this documentary. It's called, um, shoot, it's when people go into the morgue and they have their autopsy done. I think it's just called Autopsy. And it had to do with like Elvis, all the drugs he was taking, like mm -hmm. his whole life. And it's everybody. There's like five seasons of it. But the one about Elvis was this dude was like impacted with like 20 pounds of just poo, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, like all of his. In, uh, he oh, just, just from like up. being backed up from yeah. all the probably opiates he was all taking or opiates, something. All the opiates, so yeah. many drugs. This guy was just pilled out and. Uh, so that was a really interesting um, documentary. So if you guys want to watch an interesting documentary, it has to do with everybody. I mean, you got Brittany Murphy and Heath Ledger and uh -huh. Amy Winehouse. Michael um, Jackson. Michael Jackson. You know, Danny went got to high his. school with Michael Jackson. What? I went to school with Michael Jackson. <laughs> no way. Not only did I go to school with Michael Jackson, but this is terrible. When he died, I had a yearbook. <laughs> <laughs> did he sign your yearbook? He didn't sign it, but it uh. didn't matter. I got a thousand dollars for the yearbook. No, I, I put it up on I put it up on like one of those sites, maybe Craigslist, maybe eBay, something, and nobody responded. And then this auction house called me from like New York, and they said uh, we want to we're going to have Michael Jackson auction. We got people coming in from Saudi Arabia, from Japan. You know, I go, what are the big items you got? He goes, well, our big items, a glove. You know, we got one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got a glove you know, I go, okay, underwear okay. from one of the kids <laughs> so I go oh god that's terrible <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I said uh, you know they take a 20% commission so I said uh, okay I'll send you my uh, yearbook so I sent it and then I get an email and they go one of our guys saw your yearbook uh, he'd like to buy it before auction we won't take a commission would you sell it uh, you know and if so how much and I go, I know if I got $1,000, I'd be fine. And yeah. they sent me a check for $1,000. And they probably made 10. <laughs> no, they did. It turned out to not, no, I've been watching. They're not, they didn't, they're not worth 1000 Oh, it's maybe not. But you got, you got on it before anyone else did. Yeah, so. they, that's the thing. They were really, it was a, a real auction house. They were like, I go, what's it worth? They go, you know, we don't know. We can tell you what an Elvis yearbook is worth. We can tell you what a Marilyn Monroe yearbook is worth. Well, that's the thing, though, is, is that, like, yeah. if you have some kind of collectible and it's the only one on the market, then it's worth more. Uh -huh. So if I was going to list something on eBay that I see another listing for it, like, I couldn't get the same out of mine that 
another listing sold for it. Once there's more than one of them right. out there, it's like it's not worth as much. But they didn't yeah. know. They had no idea what it would fetch, you know, yeah. because they just didn't know. We knew it was a very small school, and I bet you they didn't make more than 150 of these, yeah. you know. And they were the four of the Jacksons went uh, to the school, and like in the back, there was an ad for Mot. You know how they sell ad space, and the, there was an ad. Motown bought a page. Uh, you know they were famous then. Uh, it was like seventy three. You know, so I still have one yearbook though that I kept for myself just for posterity. That's wild. Isn't that wild? Yeah, that is wild. I'll tell you something even wilder yeah. about <laughs> me. Uh, if you're into heavy metal, yeah, are you familiar with Ozzy Osbourne? Of course. His guitar, te- his Ozzy Osbourne's guitar player's mom was my piano teacher. Whoa! And me and the uh, Ran- Dolores Rhodes and me and Randy Rhodes played like gigs before he was famous when we were like fourteen and fifteen because his mom had this little music school and she'd get these little gigs. Yeah. So See, I didn't even know that about ha- you. Have you heard Whoa. about? You, do you know who Randy Rhodes is? Uh, no. You don't. Really. He wrote Crazy Train. He wrote a bunch of. Uh, you know of the Aussie songs, Aussie songs, uh, and then he died in the, in the plane. Okay, you all know, right, the plane now, that hit the bus. Yep. Uh, Whoa, yeah, that's crazy. Is that crazy? That is crazy. Um, see, I'm glad I didn't still hang out with him because <laughs> I might have been on that plane. <laughs> might have been on that plane. I, I wouldn't even be podcasting right, <laughs> right now. Right. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's, no, that's that's isn't insane. that odd. That's that really weird. Odd. Well, I grew up in LA, and so like things like that, you know, they just kind of they just happen. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Surprisingly, we've actually gone to school with some cool people. Not like super, not Michael Jackson famous. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't but, know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah, but we've gone to school with some fun people. I think Capitals had like. Some producers, Curtis Steigers. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I just a couple of weeks ago saw Emily Braden. Oh. Sing, perform. She was like a, a big jazz singer in New York. No way. Uh, yeah. She went to Capitol? Mm, she went that to school with my really sister. Familiar. So my sister was five years older than me. So I think Emily was a year younger than her. But yeah, I'm, that's someone that's really inspirational. That's cool. As a vocalist, she's, um, I'll never Emily be anywhere Brady. close to her. She has this like natural talent that just mm-hmm. like she just oozes it. It's like mm. yeah. she walks it, you know? <laughs> totally. Yeah. Well, some people got to own it. You got to own it mm-hmm. if you're going to like make money off it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So how did you guys meet? How did this whole um, thing start? So my dad was a professional musician. Mm-hmm. He was a, a jazz musician, but he played just whatever. Um, when you do it in Boise, you don't really get to pick what you want to do. <laughs> you just pick what you can get paid for. Yeah. Um, so my dad had played some gigs with Danny, and I was in junior high, and I was looking for a new piano teacher. And... My dad paired me with Danny because I kind of wanted to learn more like improvisational stuff. And I I didn't end up taking lessons from you for but like I don't I think it was just like maybe a year that yeah, I took lessons from long, you yeah. and then I I mean like kids get interested in other stuff and got busy. But then my dad passed away 3 years ago. Mm. And I kind of reconnected with Danny at my dad's funeral. It was like this huge event. Like this, it was, there was like a church service and it was like completely packed. There was a graveside service. And then like some of the guys, some of my dad's friends um, booked the Sapphire room and like everyone just put together Mm -hmm. this big concert. And that's where I ran into Danny again. I don't think he remembered me, but his wife did. 
Sheila, well, remember, you looked Sheila a lot different. You had a so different color you. hair. So Danny used to have this really amazing mustache. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, he used to look like Yanni, right? He did. <laughs> oh my god, he did. So, but then, so I, I reconnected with him there, and then about a year later, I kind of started singing out, like doing, playing gigs and stuff. Uh, just and that's kind of an interesting story too. I never thought I would be doing that, but I started doing it. And I was looking for someone to play music with, and I called Danny up one day, and he was like, "Sure." And yeah, we just started yeah. playing together, and it was like anything I asked of Danny, like he gave back to me tenfold. Like oh, I, thanks. I have just become such a stronger musician because of him. Mm-hmm. And also, we have this like, we have this connection. I don't know. It's like, mm-hmm. he's like family. Yeah, yeah. And like now we play together at church even, and we like our families hang out together. Danny came and played at my grandma's funeral the other day. Came all the way to Shoshone, and his wife and his cousin came yeah. to just to support us like, yeah <laughs> that's cool that's way cool yeah so then you guys when was the last show that you played well we played church this morning well <laughs> yeah that's true the lot when was the last show that we played oh i think we did that uh that thing out at highway 16 yeah yeah the yeah. winery it's uh 16 that's the flats the flats yeah. we do flats. these little it's it's kind of hard the kind of music that we do it's hard to to get the right venue for it like we don't play at like you know, the knitting factory or places like that. But we'll play, you know, it's like people want to, it's more of like a middle-aged people want to sit and listen to our music and have a glass of wine or whatever. So we'll play like wine bars and things like that. Which is cool. That uh, the Sapphire, uh, that whole hotel gives us some nice. The work. Riverside Hotel gives us a lot of work, and it's we nice. do these. Yeah, they have a lot more jazz music than most places around town. You're gonna want to see us when we play out. But I'm gonna play out by the outside at the. Okay, Sam so Bar. our next our next show together is um, June 24th. That's a Monday. Okay. From six to nine p.m. at the Sandbar. Now that's at the Riverside Hotel. It's right on the Green Belt. They've have you ever been? I have been. Isn't a full nice? bar, yeah, food. It's just, yeah, it's really great. So that's yeah. our, you can it's put that on intimate, your calendar. It's another intimate setting. It is. Yeah, that, I dig it. See, that's what I love about that hotel too, is that it's not, it's not just like a place that you can go hear live music. It's like a place where musicians can feel comfortable. Like that, yeah. they, they go to great lengths to make sure that the sound is perfect, that there's everything that we need up on stage and yeah. that we're all taken care of. That's cool. They're really supportive of. Uh, they they ha- they have a lot of live music that they're supporting in this valley. Mm-hmm. That's that, good. Yeah, most of the places I go to, um, <laughs> it's they they don't treat musicians very well. <laughs> well, <laughs> most of the places we play at aren't as great as that either. Yeah. Well, that place, I mean, we've we've showed up at like nine in the morning for like a Saturday gig or something uh, for like the, brunch gig. Brunch, yeah. And there's another person playing like in the uh, in the lobby in the lobby, and then at eleven there's another act going on mm-hmm. at the sandbar, you know. So like yeah. at at noon on a Saturday, at noon on a Saturday when there's no music work, these people are having three venues. Yeah, that they're paying for. That's uh, that's great. Which yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah. 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 Well, the owner is uh, a musician herself, so that's, she's a big yeah. music fan, Linda Johnson. She kind of pushes it. And this is the Riverside? Yes. But it, in the Sandbar. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Everybody, June 24th? Yes. Make sure you make it the Sandbar. All right. That's cool. So you guys play jazz music. You we play do, everything. Um, we do a little bit of everything. But like, I grew up living with a jazz musician, so I was always interested in like Great American Songbook kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. so I love jazz. I love folk music. 
I also kind of sometimes I'll pull some like indie rock songs that I like. Like there's a Silver Juice song that I do that (laughs) I really love. Or like we'll do like Steely Dan Mm -hmm. and stuff too. So yeah, just whatever you want. Or and then we have some originals too. Yeah, that's right. Do you write? um, Do you write all the originals? Who writes all the all the originals? The ones that we do, I've written. Yeah. Um, Yeah. We're going to be playing. Aren't we playing a songwriting? We are okay. So we have another date, and I think it's July. 31st could be or the 30th I'll have to check yeah um that's at the it's It's that Friday it's that Friday either the 30th or the 31st at the sandbar and it's for the Idaho Songwriters Association yeah Mm -hmm. so we'll be there doing originals that's awesome yeah do they do um well I guess they do like I don't even think they do like battle of the bands kind of stuff anymore do they even do anything like that where you can get together know. with other musicians, not necessarily compete, but like go and just kind of show off like your style and Oh yeah, there's like jams around open town. Mics. There are. Mm-hmm. They there's call them open um, mics. They come yeah, open mics. Open there's mics. one at yeah. Pingilly's Monday nights, but I'm usually at yoga. You so. know, it's <laughs> <laughs> the, the difference I think between an open mic and a jam is an open mic is kind of you come and you're responsible. Yeah. But there's an yeah. I've noticed that like there's one also by my house. There's a place called the East Side Tavern. Yeah, yeah. That's and they do it Wednesday jam. nights. And that's, it's both. It's an open mic and a jam. So they have these kind of house musicians that work at the the bar. Mm-hmm. And they're always there and they always have stuff set up. So right. you can like jam with them or you yeah. can play your own stuff too. That's mm-hmm. nice. Which is way dope. Yeah. I wish I played an instrument better than I do. I mean, I like we were saying earlier um, on the piano, I just don't. I just don't know it well enough. I need to uh, sit down to 30 minutes a day. Just need to sit down, learn it to the extent where I can just sit down and just play whatever I want to play. And that, that takes a l- really long, that's like a yeah, lifetime. Yeah, I think for me, <laughs> I always thought that like, I always wanted to be a musician like my dad, but I always thought like my dad went through school. Um, like he went to one of the best, actually no, the best jazz music program in the country, North Texas. And I just thought, like, oh, I can't do it until I'm there. You know, mm-hmm. I have to be at that level. But that's not exactly true. Like, I kind of just started, like, after my dad passed away, I just started, like, playing music on my own, just teaching myself how to play an instrument and singing. And then it got to the point where someone heard me and they were like, hey, let's try her down at, you know, Chandler's and see how she does. And yeah, <laughs> and then that's kind of what happened is, like, you kind of have to just fake your way through it. And then like at some point, like you don't get better unless you actually do it. And like, yeah. and, do you and not consider- by it, I mean like performing on stage. Like you can practice at home as much as you want for as many hours as you want, but you won't be a performer unless you get up there and just keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it. And you learn how to like play to a crowd mm-hmm. and how to read people. And and there's that interaction of the crowd and you, mm-hmm. you know, the, yeah. the feeding off of. Do you think when you say play an instrument, you you consider you consider your voice an instrument, don't you? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, because that's. Uh, and it's the best instrument because I carry it with me wherever I go. It's very mm-hmm. personal too. It's you know, with me, it's like it's a piano. I mean, I love my piano. But like the voice is so personal. Yeah. And it's really people who sing. They they feel like they really are laying it on the line mm-hmm. more than uh, me. I'm operating machine. I mean, not really. I really like connecting with my piano, but it's it's 
still different. It's still separate well, from and my body. I love like instrumental music, and I play the ukulele too, so that yeah. for me is, is very personal. But with voice, it's like you are not just playing your instrument. You are telling a story. Like you're ac- using actual words. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just like singing them in tune it's like how are you going to tell this story like how yeah. are you, how are these words going to come out of your mouth because that's like the audience hears the music but they are also hearing a story being told yeah. and the way you tell it is you yeah. know it's up to you and that's that's going to change the mood of everything yeah it does yeah i'm going to transition this way <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't realize that i didn't fix that but you know, your dad, uh, you know, I was just thinking of sex. That's personal because it's your breath. You know what I mean? It's still mm-hmm. part of your but Your body is part of the sound in a woodwind or and a I, brass. I actually asked my dad one time why he chose saxophone as his instrument. What did he say? Cool. He said because it's the closest sounding instrument to the human voice. Hmm. And it does kind of sound like, you know, it's like a whale. Like when you hear it, like oh, sometimes yeah. you just like you hear like whatever the the music is it's like oh that sounds like somebody crying or, or somebody talking it really is it does i played trumpet all through up until what sophomore year i think i was in high school how'd you like it i liked it i could still probably pick up a trumpet and play a couple couple tunes like i still remember a little bit of it but um, it's loud. <laughs> well, all these different yeah. instruments have different, you know, like they're in different ranges or whatever. Yeah. And the saxophone, I think, was created because it, there was like some kind of like range missing between the bassoon and the oboe uh-huh. or something. And so this this guy invented the saxophone oh, to wow. fill in, like for it's like it was like an orchestral thing, you oh, know. Wow. Like he was like, well, this, huh. there's this like whole like there's section missing. Yeah, there's a gap in the like uh-huh. in the music, and so he created this instrument to fill fill that gap. So. That's crazy. I didn't know that. I've always wanted to play uh, the saxophone, though. Like, that was always, like, um, the soprano sax was always, like, the one that I was like, oh, man. I like My the tenor. The tenor sax. I like the tenor. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I'm more partial to the tenor. But I did. My dad played uh, soprano, tenor, and alto, and mm-hmm. and he loved all of them. So. Yeah. But they tenor, all tenor is, like, the most sexy sounding, I think. I it's the Lisa Simpson sax. I'm yeah. More, I'm working with a clarinet player, you know, in the Moody Jews, and I, ne- I always, yeah, I always thought the I always thought the clarinet was like this cornball instrument, but I've gotten a real appreciation of the mm. clarinet. People who can play a clarinet, and if they play it well, they can yeah. play jam. the others yeah, also. They can jam, but he can jam, and you you can do all these weird bending things. You know, mm-hmm. he can do these wild things on the on the clarinet and is that because of the breath like the amount of like i don't know that i guess the pressure they put on the reed i don't know how that works i wonder if it has also to do i think they have holes yeah and and then you can airflow and you can like a a sax it's just open and closed but i think they have finger holes don't they Mm. in a clarinet where you can maybe bend a note or adjust it by you know by hand i didn't know that yeah crazy i think they do I'm pretty sure they I don't do. know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Something for Google. Yeah. Everybody who's listening to this, make sure you Google that. Uh, yeah. And if we're wrong, send me a message. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I probably won't even listen or read it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's cool. So you guys have played a lot of local spots, and you have a show coming up. What else is going on? You guys are writing new music. What? Um. Well, I'm going back to school this fall. Like, 
starting over pretty much at 33. I'm starting yeah. over as a freshman. I thought I had all these like social science credits. I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah, I'll be at least like a sophomore. But I basically like the program at BSU for music ed is just so intensive. It's like you basically start out doing everything like music theory, ear training, piano, mm-hmm. private lessons, like everything. So yeah. there's not there's actually not a lot of like room in the schedule. So I have a lot of credits that don't really mean anything except to me personally, like I, whatever I got out of those classes, like makes me a more well-rounded person, I guess. But I always wanted to study music. I just never, I never did it because I watched my dad struggle as a musician. And I was like, Oh, well I can always do music on the side. And my parents said, well, you can always do music on the side too and and do something else. But if you want to pursue music, we'll support you 100%. But I decided that I would be, um, smarter and do something that I would actually make money at. But now I'm like, I, you know, I was like, I should have listened to my gut. And it was actually after losing my dad, I took a good long look at my life and decided I, you know, it wasn't happy where I was. I was in a really bad place and I just turned everything around and not just for him, but for me too. Like mm-hmm. I, I wanted to memorialize, memorialize him in a way that, that did him justice mm-hmm. and that was honorable so i did started working with the idaho jazz society to create a scholarship for junior high and high school kids and that's a music scholarship for private lessons so we have about three scholarship recipients so far that's awesome and they that's also really have good. a college scholarship program they already had that in place so hopefully like we've had this going on for a couple of years now and hopefully our students will that that do get these junior high and high school scholarships will that'll give them a better advantage when they're applying to college. So that was something we did in my dad's name. And that's also kind of what inspired me to go back to school to teach music. Just being more involved in the music education community has made me realize that it's something that I'm I wanna be involved with. It's a way that I can keep doing music in a way that I can kind of inspire others yeah. and show them that, you know, I always thought it was something that was like so hard. I had to like be perfect at it until I could like be a master at it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? There's no but master. But there's, you know, yeah. it's, it's way more accessible than people think. And there's a lot of really great programs too. There's these like Idaho Arts Charter School programs mm-hmm. that, you know, Camden Hughes and Dave Gluck are involved in and they've, we've had their groups play at some of our fundraisers. So there's a lot more going on locally that we didn't, you know, when we were going to school, like these things weren't around, so we didn't have those opportunities. We didn't, and um, it's kind of cool. Sorry, I'm like over here taking photos. But like, (laughs) it's it's not kind of cool. It's really cool, especially because lessons are expensive for kids. Mm -hmm. Like you're talking, especially for a parent who might have two, three, four kids to take care of. They might be a single parent. They're in public school they're on probably if not free lunches they're on you know like they're getting compensated a little bit yeah. for those lunches. you know what i'm saying well, we like, were thinking you... like uh that it was gonna be a scholarship for families in need and then we decided you know like even if you're sending your kids to private school like you're still struggling because there's this there's a bigger disparity between the like upper class and the middle class now than there ever has been in mm-hmm. our lifetime so everyone's struggling. And if somebody, like, if a kid shows, like, that they have this talent and that they have, like, the drive to pursue it, That's then it, the they drive. then yeah. they deserve that, you know, to have that extra help. And if, you know, yeah. if their parents are just barely getting by, then, like, lessons, yeah, like you said, lessons are just, like, it's, like, another expense. All these bills are adding up. 
I don't know how people do it. That's another <laughs> minimum. Let's say ten dollars a lesson. That's when you find no. a cheap lesson. <laughs> <laughs> Once no, a week. we actually like Four we weeks. match them with a an instructor, and we also try to keep in mind like where the student lives. If they're living in Nampa, for instance, we'll try to find an instructor that is nearby, or at least like we have a, another an instructor that um, teaches at NNU, so he's out there a lot, and yeah. he's you know. Uh-huh. With extra time, just taking students. Uh-huh. That's super cool. It's important. I think music is extremely important. Yeah. It, the it's development really important. of the right side of your brain, the creativity part of it, you know, it, it's not only going to help you out, which is like, which is playing music, but it helps with all different your types of things. Emotional stuff. Also, yeah. science and math. I was I, just going to say I science was and reading math. reading a thing about that, mm-hmm. that kids that do music. It's all about problem solving because music forces you to think differently. Technically, yes. It does, yeah. And you but yet think- it's, you're emoting. You're using technolo- technical to emote. You're not using technical to be technical. You're using technical to be emote. But yeah. it, it does something in your brain. Yeah, like, it, I really believe that I do Sudoku for fun. I think that it helps wake my brain up. Yeah, yeah. Well, music, <laughs> but yeah. it does something, like, you're not aware of it, but it's, like, like my niece, for example. She's two and a half. She does these, like, little baby music classes. It's called Music Together. And she's been doing it since she was an infant. And she, the other day, was, like, cl- like clapping. clapping out some rhythm or something. And I don't think she realized what, what she was doing was in 6-8. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. I, I noticed that's what she was doing, but she's two and a half. She doesn't know what it is, but she was able to recreate that, you know, like one, two, three, four, five. I was going to say it's pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> one, two, three, four, five. Six. Yeah. It just like something like, cause she's been doing it so like pretty much her whole mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. and she's used to it now that like, it's just ingrained in her. Mm-hmm. The thing I like about uh, music and learning, teaching music, uh, you've got these teenage kids, uh, and they're all, you know, emotional, and but they always associate the emotions with uh, negativity, like, oh, you're too emotional. Calm yeah. down, you're too emotional. Don't feel your Don't feels. Feel. But, yeah. you know, what are they, uh, so emotion has got a negative connotation. Well, with music, we're, t- we're made to emote, but to emote best, we're in control. The more technique you have, the better you can emote. So emotion isn't being out of control. It's just music shows it's just the opposite. You can emote better by being in control. In control. And, and so you're learning this discipline that's saying, no, we want you to emote, but no, we don't want you to just go crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. And so the association of emotion with uh, control and discipline saying no discipline you know makes you emote better and yeah. more that totally yeah. reminds me of i'm gonna use talk about star trek again i'm a big star trek fan <laughs> you're that talking to me- a, you're talking to a super geek over oh here. my god yeah. okay that just don't reminded worry, me of like worry. the vulcans you know like they do have feelings right right but they go through all this take all these discipline techniques to control their feelings right but they still feel but you don't want to yeah you don't want to discount them and with music it's just the opposite if you you know you want people to feel something when you're playing if if people don't feel anything when you're playing then you failed you haven't made music or if you don't feel anything when you're playing then they're not going to feel anything that's the beauty of music is you can literally create anything and it can trend it, it you, you can translate that as a listener into so many different things. You could be angry at it. You can be happy with yeah. it. You can be sad about it. You know, like it, uh, it influences, in my opinion, 
it influences the way that you can feel and the way that you're able to communicate those feelings. And yeah. like as a musician, you have a platform to influence those who don't have a platform and you're able to like give them something that connects them to their emotions and allows them to kind of um, figure things out. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Well, for it's- me, I was, I've always had trouble kind of expressing myself with, I, I guess because I've always been so emotional Mm-hmm. And I have very strong feelings about like what's going on in the world, but I also get really frustrated. It's like I don't know how to express how I feel. And I think a lot of people in the world have this problem. It's like we're trying to have these conversations about women's rights or, you know, like Black Lives Matter or whatever. It's like there's still racism in the world. There's still there's still sexism in the world. Like don't don't pretend like it's you know, it's all gone away because yeah. we have these like civil laws that protect us. It still happens. Yeah. Like de facto racism happens all the time. Yeah. yeah. But so we're trying to have these conversations about it and we're all trying to say the same thing, but we're still fighting with each other. And it's like, it's so hard to express ourselves, but then we have these avenues like music and, and art. That's another way to express ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like you can say something with a piece of music with that can mean more than anything that you can say with words Mm -hmm. yeah totally and and what's nice is music's left in like up to interpretation exactly you know and i to an extent i mean if you're saying like ho 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 yeah but i (laughs) have these feelings like when i hear you know when i hear a piece by debussy i have this feeling that i don't Uh, even think there are words for you know and that's why there's music there's music Well, Claire de Lune. It's one of my favorite songs I've ever yes. played. It's one of the greatest. It was the last song I actually ever played. It's under the greatest an song, uh, one of the greatest pieces of, of piano music. Time. Yeah. Of all time. Yeah. I've it's perfect. That song. Oh, it's amazing. It's perfect. It is. It, any note that you add or take away is going to make it worse. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you can't. <laughs> the ro- and he's a romance classical. Uh, modernist. Modernist? Is that what it is? Modern I guess because he was in the 1900s. He was 1900s. Influenced by, by the Romantic period. Yeah. I'm sure, but I think he was, he and Sati were, These were they new, modernists or? I don't know. Yeah. I think they were romantic. I think of them as like impressionists. You can Google it. Like, like I th- they remind me of like that art that came out around the, you know, then from, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they just, uh I just, yeah, he's great. Are you Googling it, Tim? Mm-hmm. <laughs> is he Have romantic know. or this classical? Is, I know. It's almost like I love the internet because like it's at our fingertips and now like See, look, they're putting know, them. find out whatever we need yeah. to know in an instant. They've got him with a Van Gogh painting. You see what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Oh, look, impression. There, get it yeah, back. It said impression. Be, yeah, let's do that. We were so look at those. Let's see those images again. You see, impressionism. There we go. Yeah. Impressionism. Okay. Revel. And Debussy, Ravel, yeah. Ravel, 20 most romantic piano pieces. Ah. I guess maybe it's a romantic piece that's within that like yeah. that era. Because you can you can be a writer. Like I could, I technically, I mean, you're writing jazz music, and jazz was created in like forever ago. Oh, what, I 20s, don't write 30s? jazz music. Oh, you don't? <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> I can I can perform jazz music, but writing it is. But technically, anybody could write jazz music today. Yeah. Mm, no. Although jazz, <laughs> <laughs> maybe not anybody. <laughs> no, but there are so people who could write some jazz. Yeah. I don't know. Curtis Steigers writes some pretty good jazz music. He's modern. He's been around, I guess, like twenty years. But like, that, I mean, what I'm saying is like, jazz has been around a lot longer than that. So mm-hmm. you do have people who can put their own flair or change it up or even keep it as 
like mm-hmm. standard as possible. But um, yeah, I would probably throw him in the romance classical style, but I really don't know too much about it. Like as far as music history, I just know that I played that. I re- I played his rain. What was it? Reindeer games. What was it called? Reindeer something? I don't know that. Tons of his. Yeah, I have a book. I've got books for like my top three people that I used to play because I played pretty seriously all through high school, um, all classical. But it was like it was like Beethoven, Mozart. You said Chopin. I played a lot of Chopin. I, I don't him. really like Chopin. You don't like Chopin? I don't like playing Chopin. <laughs> I like listening to Chopin. <laughs> Chopin is like He's a little piano. too choppy. He's, he's a little no, too, say he's it. a little too basky for it. <laughs> 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 a little too intense. Um, now, Beethoven's sonatas, he reminds me like uh, you talk about heavy metal. If that guy was living today, he'd be like that's a heavy, heavy metal. metal. He'd be in a heavy metal band. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some of those sonatas, I mean, everybody likes, I guess he's written a few good symphonies and everybody likes yeah. those, but his his piano sonatas are just wild. They're intense. They're serious pieces. Yeah. And, yeah. For uh, a deaf dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, he probably got deaf by the way he was romping oh, yeah, on he, it. I don't think he was always deaf. <laughs> I don't think so either. <laughs> um, but, yeah. They, I, got a, I got a book of his sonatas and I would just... Uh, like to spend more time you know you know it's soothing when i sit down and play i'm just like well yeah sonatas are a little intense but like classical music in general if you're talking between like well i should say like less baroque (laughs) because baroque's intense that's more chopin well no i think that's bach and mozart oh i'm thinking bach there we go and mozart you know what were fun pieces to play though i played all of the uh twinkle twinkle little stars by mozart Mozart. Uh variations on a theme all the variations yeah what was there like 12 or 13 of those oh mozart with mozart it was infinite my dad always talked about mozart he was my dad was a jazz player but he also could do classical Mm-hmm. And he, I remember he and my sister used to play this uh, Mozart flute concerto in, oh. I think it was D major. Mm. He's I so think. And they She played piano and he played the flute and oh, he nice. would just go on and on about how, like what a genius Mozart was He's and a how genius. he could take a melody <laughs> and just like, just when you think that like, that it's like run its course, he just does something completely different with it and just stretches it out and it just goes on and on and just like gets more and more amazing. Yeah. And, Fantasy in D was another really cool song yeah. I played. That's a beautiful That's song. That's really a cool It song. literally, when I played that song, again, this is like 10, 15, wow, well, I'm 33 now. So this is like 15 years ago, if not almost 20 years ago now. But like when I played that song, I remember it, every time I played it, I felt like I was playing a waterfall. Because uh-huh. of just the it's way, those yeah, you flow. yeah, exactly. You go from bottom to top, all the way back down. I had a book of the Mozart fantasies. My sister, my sister, and I would play them together. It's like with four hands. Yeah, was that the one? No, that you it's had? not the one. Oh, I had. This no. one just, was. I had like the uh, the Mozart classics. Okay. Yeah, that one is a famous. People I've got to learn it. There. It's not that. It, I don't want to say it's not that technical because it's technical, but it's not. It's doable. It's doable. Yeah. And those are the songs I like, where it's like, all right, and they lay I know under the chord your progression. Yeah, it just flows. Yeah, you don't have to think very hard as long as you figure out the flow and the key that you're in. Yeah. It just kind of happens. Where like some of the songs that like um, that I've played, well, for for the most part, if we're talking like Baroque period, it's a little more choppy. Like. 
You're st- like Bach is tough. Like Bach. Bach's yeah. tough, man. And I've played a few Bach songs. Don't I don't play Bach. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do it because they're like, hey, yeah, try this song. Bach like, hey, is inventions, though. He is like, it's like a weave that if you miss mm-hmm. one note, the weave falls apart. It's like Everything some kind falls. of crochet. I've, I actually uh, pulled out my old Bach book just because I'm like trying to, I'm trying to kind of beef up my piano skills before I go back to school. So I've been working on the invention, and it seriously, it makes me crazy. But at the same time, like when I get it, it's and it's all about the fingerings with those yeah, songs. You if you if you get the wrong fingering, like you're screwed. Yeah, like with other There's, pieces, I can kind out. of I can yeah. play. No yeah. more fingers left. You yeah. can get away with it with some other songs, but like with Bach, like yeah, you, you run out of fingers and like you have nowhere to go. <laughs> and his exactly music right. is all like like it's not chordal; it's all going sideways, and <laughs> you know these two melodies are going at the same time. If that guy, if they dug Bach up and and analyzed his DNA and found out he was from like another planet it would not surprise me <laughs> <laughs> I swear to god al- along with your theory it does I, I mean I don't think that about Mozart that, or, or anybody else they seem human but box stuff just seems like it's a little out of place it's of. like <laughs> intimidating and I heard he wrote so much music that if you just wrote down his music and you spent like a, a you know an eight hour day oh copying it yeah just copied his music it would take you 20 years to write all his music Holy that he just wrote yeah. Oh. A huge. He just wrote. He has a body. And work. he was probably writing it with the uh, feather quill too. <laughs> yeah, but he had all those kids. He probably had his kids help. Yeah, I don't know what, but <laughs> but I like for me. I like piano music. Like for classical, I mean, it's like Mozart or like Beethoven has the symphonies that are so great. But when I like the piano music, I like uh, and same thing with Mozart. He wrote, uh, you know, operas. But I like his piano uh, Me too. pieces, you know, and Chopin, uh, I just know about his piano pieces, but I really like uh, Chopin's, you know, piano pieces, you know, some, you know, the piano, what a great instrument. And before the piano, it was the, before the sharps. And harpsichord. It was the harpsichord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or no, it was the pianoforte. No. Oh, wasn't it? Before that, it was... Well, the pianoforte is just what, pianoforte means soft loud because they invented a piano because harpsichord was only one, one yeah and they yeah, called it, it a piano forte and it just got shortened yeah. to piano they really should like the way i played i romp on yeah. it they should have called it a forte piano then everybody would have been calling a piano a forte <laughs> gotcha right <laughs> well it, so with danny harp- is a loud player <laughs> yeah. play so, through you want to play through you don't want to play on top of the keys yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah it's like playing football but you're taking a knee every time <laughs> don't take a knee bro <laughs> run that <laughs> Oh. You know, before the harpsichord, here's what I imagine. Uh, I was talking about this at church, about these organ pieces in the 1200s. Oh, wow. Now, think about this. These organs are these reeds, these giant reeds. And those low notes would be like a reed, like maybe a foot in diameter, like 60 feet tall. Yeah. You know what it's I mean? giant. Now, yeah. they didn't have electricity then. So it was all airflow. It was bellows. So I'm imagining, I don't know how they did this, but I'm imagining in the basement of those uh, cathedrals, they just had a bunch of choir boys just <laughs> pumping bellows. Pumping and, and a guy like cracking a whip, you know, and if he, <laughs> if he hit a low note, it's like, holy cripes, you guys, <laughs> you know, he's hitting the low note, man. 
I wonder how they did that. I, I you literally just blew my mind because I never thought about that. Because this is in the 1100s. I'm sure. I'm sure it yeah. looked like a, a Dr. Seuss kind of thing. You how, know, down there. Yeah, I wonder how they did do that. Because there's a lot. You have to push a lot, a lot of, air of air if you're if it's a, a 60 foot long pipe. Uh, you know, a foot. in a giant cathedral. Like yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're pushing some air, and this guy's just holding one note, and like he's causing a lot of stress for those guys in the basement. I think that's probably something similar to like a a bagpipe or an accordion. You know, like how the air is like mm. like it's stored somewhere, and when you press it, it pushes it, and then it fills it. You, back but then up you it, well, it feels it. Uh, I think they open it that's up. A that's question. a good question. That's a good question. <laughs> yeah, Google question. How did they do that, man? Those poor choir boys. Like, they That's hated funny. that one piece because they had to. <laughs> yeah, they probably had a storage, but when it ran out, they probably, you know, when that one guy was holding that cord in that low range register, can you just imagine how much air would get drained out of that? So a, That's a lot. That's a huge I've, pipe. I've actually never thought about that before. Uh, how did old, what is this called again? We're doing the uh, organs. Pi- yeah. uh, pipe pipe organs. organs. How did all pipe organs get their air? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's already there. People are already like confused. <laughs> how did these work? Yeah, look at those pipes. What are they thinking? We can watch a video real quick. Oh, can look you? At this, can you... Look at the size of that. I mean, my gosh. Yeah. Um, how did old pipe organs work? How my pipe organ work? Um, shoot, which one should we do? <laughs> 100-year-old pipe organ restored in China. That's probably not what we want to do. Not, it's old, not be nearly like, old enough. It's no. got to be before electricity. Yeah. yeah. How non-electric. You know, that would... You know. Original pipe organs. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Original. I just feel so sorry for those choir boys in the basement. There's, like, uh, physics of a pipe organ. This is probably going to give us a little more Yeah. Intro. Let's find out. They sound so cool. Yeah. I can turn this Can you down. display this for the your watchers to, your listeners to see? I want people to see what we're seeing. This is just virtual, though. I don't think it's a real... It's taking you through the inner workings of the instrument. Show us the bellows. Physics of the pipe organ. Okay, let's find out. Why is this not letting me select that? Hello, I'm Tutti Grand Juge La My Poisson V. Whoa. And this is the fundamentals of the king of instruments or the pipe organ. The pipe organ behind me is a wind, a string, a percussion, and a reed instrument. It's a whole band in one giant mass of metal and wood. The sound of this behemoth is made by air going through each individual pipe. The air is produced by a huge fan called a blower, which is probably as big as I That's am. not what we're doing. No. Yeah. We, I know I can do it yeah. with a motor. Got like a 12-year-old. <laughs> what it is, yeah, let's talk about the 12-year-olds. <laughs> right. <laughs> Blown air. <laughs> That's not right. No, but you can see, yeah. The size of the pipe. Top of the box That's an intricate system. Is surrounded though. by expandable cloth that doesn't Let's read do... well, so that when the top is expanded, 
to its maximum that the pressure is low and when it's not expanded at all the pressure is very high the air is in sent to what is called the wind chest where the pipe is sitting the air that is in the wind chest the wolf we gotta what find what is called one. the pallet to open so that the air can travel into the pipe and have it speak like so because we know how it works but like how did it work forever ago do old pipe organs work like 1800s go even before that like 1500s yeah what are those big fans they used to use for fires those bellows like yeah. yeah the bellows i figured yeah, they had bellows so yeah they had but kids they, jumping up on them. Yeah, these kids down. were just, and they were these giant bellows. That's what I imagine, like a bellows, like as big as mm -hmm. a room or something, you yeah. know. And this guy, like, you know, those Norwegian ships, you know, those Viking ships where the guy, you know, <laughs> they were all rowing together. Yeah, exactly. He, yeah. Um, box of whistles, compressed air provided by a bellows or blower. You're right, bellows. dude. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. So you've got like a bunch of kids down there probably just like blowing air up in there. And then it probably – it's possible that when they hit the button or whatever, it opens up. So it's probably pressurized. So they're just blowing a bunch of air in there real quick. And then when that button gets hit or that key is yeah. hit, it probably just opens, opens that, that up that and that it's up. pressurized. But, I mean, you're playing a chord. Yeah. And there's like four or five – and big and, and these 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 uh, are reeds huge. are huge. It's not like it's not like a uh, you know a saxophone where your you know your pipe is like that. You know, yeah. it's like your pipe's like that. Yeah. So how since you play the organ sometimes, that's that's the largest instrument. I mean, I guess it is. Is it, it safe be. to assume that that's the largest instrument in so. the world? Especially Does if you count the bellows. Does that make you feel like very powerful when you play an organ? Like knowing that it's like bigger than your house that you live in? I know. That's true. I have a problem with organs, though. I like the piano better. My grandparents had an organ. Uh, was it a crappy one or was it a Hammond? It was like, um, I think it was a Hammond. Oh. And it was like a home one from like the 70s. Oh, my grandparents had, had one of those, too. Yeah, it had My like grandpa the two treated or three the piano one day. Like some traveling salesman came by and he treated the piano oh, for an organ. Uh. And everyone was pissed at him. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I always remember playing that at my grandparents' house. It was like yeah. there was like a lace tablecloth covering it. And we'd always like the kids would always come and like pull it off and we'd play we'd it. It was like so awful sounding. It's it just, so weird. It's so weird. I don't know. The organ's weird because you have like the top keys and the bottom keys. Mm -hmm. At and least the foot. ones that I played. And your foot and yeah, multiple the foot feet. Pedals, there's yeah. so yeah. many pedals down there. There's yeah. what three? I think. The, well, there's octaves. It's a keyboard. Yeah. yeah, and multiple keyboard. It's like multiple keyboards, and then you can drop octaves within that, right? Man. and then yeah, and then, yeah, they have, and then you pull all the stops out. And so the stops probably open up, you know. So now when you're playing one note, you're not just playing one uh, pipe. Poor choir boys. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> it must have been. You know, what about like the a, girls? I'm sure they had some girls down there too. They, well, I don't think they. I did. don't think Catholic people like girls. They like boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's be real. Uh, they might add girls, but, you know. I don't know. <laughs> I just know that's got to be a tough job, you know. Yeah. And some of those pieces had to be really hard, you know. Yeah. God bless technology. Man, yeah. That, all those right. all those choir boards were like, oh, thank goodness they invented yeah. motors. <laughs> not, to, uh, not to bring up a religion, but the LDS Church in their new um, conference center, I think it's the second largest pipe organ a, like that's like in the world active. Is, yeah, yeah it's huge it's gorgeous it sounds amazing obviously when you're spending that much money on an instrument it should sound good and yeah. if it doesn't then you're doing something wrong yeah, yeah. 
But yeah, pipe organs um, or organs in general, they're it's a dying breed, right? Well, you use- no, there's a resurgence right now of like a jazz organ. Whoa! Yeah, there's like a new resurgence, like the Hammond of it. Sound, yeah, and and I think mostly East Coast right now. But the Hammond is the, the like the Hammond B three is really in a lot of music, a lot of modern music. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't know that. Your expression though is with your pedal. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's how you do your yeah. volume. You know, mm-hmm. and you can you can do stuff where you can pull back, you can like hit a note, pull back on. You know, there's oh yeah, you can do. I didn't a, even think about that. And uh, and a good organ player, he's like he he might be doing something with one hand, but he's playing the drawbars like on the Hammond with his other hand. You know, you right? Just, I've seen guys and they just do things like that, and they're just like. And my grand my grandparents had an organ. That had a lot of flaps on the front of it, or I could change the sound yeah. of it. Yeah. It was like red and black flaps, or maybe red and blue. That's what or they something. got at the church. Like, yeah. and I could be like, all right, I want it to sound like, um, I want it to sound like, uh, like I don't know, a violin right now. All right, hit violin music, boom! I got a violin in my right hand, and I got a piano in my left hand, and I can play both of them, and then the foot pedal stuff. Yeah, yeah. And that's exactly what my parents or my grandparents' organ was. Um, I haven't played that in like 20 years, but yeah, that's crazy. Now that you mention yeah. it, you've got a lot of versatility, a lot of independence when it comes to- It's just to... a whole different way to play, and there's no sustain pedal. Yeah. So when you hold notes, you've got to really watch your fingering if you want to hold a note. You know what I mean? Yeah, because it just stays. It, yeah. You're just playing the whole time. Yeah. It doesn't just die off. Yeah. And yeah, so I didn't even think about that. It's a, I know they want me to play at the church when I play it, and I'm just- I. I do it because they like it, but it's it's like I have to. The way I practice it on an organ piece on the piano is without a pedal, without any sustain, because mm-hmm. you just naturally use sustain when you're playing a song. Yeah. You can play without sustain. So when you go like dun dun dun, you know, say you're going down maybe in sixth or something, you better have that fingered right so it doesn't sound like boop boop boop, you know. Yeah. It's, uh, it's old in ball game. Yeah. They used to always try to get me to play. My mom and my grandma would be like, "Oh, go play, go play some of um, some Mozart, or go play Beethoven." <laughs> you know the stuff that I was playing at the time, and I'd be like, "But it's an organ, and it kind of sounds yeah. weird. And I don't know how to play an organ. I'm like 13, so <laughs> <laughs> I'll go play, but it's not going to sound right. It sounded fine, but like at that age, you really don't know the complexities of an organ. I didn't even know it until just now. I didn't really understand <laughs> how much was actually going on until just now, and now that I actually think about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. But it's but you can you can translate like a piano like a pianist can translate loosely to an organ player because it's a similar keyboard. The keyboard's the same, but yeah, it's yeah. a different way. But everything play. else is yeah, it's it, it allows you a little more creativity, a little more control, I think. You know. So I, I like the piano better because uh within a piano you can uh you know, I can be playing this hand getting louder, left hand getting louder. I can be playing it to make it sound like a bass. Do 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 do. The right hand, I can play the melody, make it legato, and then with my right hand, I can also do some stab chords and make them staccato. So I can be like going da 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 da. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. So you you can do your phrasing on a piano totally different. You know what I mean? On an organ, you play two notes that are equally as loud. They're equally as loud. You yeah. can't. You know, and, and when you're playing piano, you really want to bring out the melody, right? Yeah. If you're playing a chord on a piano, uh, let's say you're playing a melody wh- while you're playing three notes. Well, you want that high note to uh, 
be louder. Yeah. And the high note, that's the downside of the piano because if you're playing three notes on a piano, naturally the note with the longest string is going to be louder. Yeah. So you don't want those low notes to be louder. That's like on uh, uh, that, f- that famous... Um, Moonlight Sonata. Yeah. You know, everybody who doesn't know those how to play... Those are all piano. So the first three keys are going to be piano and you got a forte on that, Dun, on yeah. that pinky key. And everybody, yeah. well, everybody, song, yeah. and everybody plays it like... Do, 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 do. You know, they just hear those. But it's really. You want to bring out that. Yeah, that has to be underneath. And it's louder. Yeah, it is. It's a forte on that pinky. Yeah, and you're playing that. You're holding that pinky while you're doing that bottom yeah. thing. And if you don't, you know, so you get to bring out one note louder totally. that, uh, that you can't do on, a, on an organ. See, that's exactly yeah. why I don't have a piano at my house, but I, I have this like little keyboard I was practicing on and before my uh I had to play for the BSU music department to so they could place me in a piano class I like went to the church one night and I practiced on a real piano for like three hours mm-hmm. and I'm so glad I did that because it is different like you, there it's a all these instruments are different like yeah it sustains differently and mm-hmm. a real piano and your overtones are different like a, mm-hmm. a piano like this if I hit the sustain you know, on a note, it's, electric, so it's just going to ring out that one note. But on a piano, when you hit the sustain, you open up the harp, and all the overtones yeah, it's are a ringing. String, it's by vi- it's vibrating and it's strings. sending out. Yeah, so like depending yeah. on like how fast it's vibrating, it's sending out a higher or lower pitch. Yeah, totally. Your overtones are going to be a lot different. You know? That's why, like with yeah. uh, my uke, like I will, I'll tune it, but I'm not really like that adamant about you know like i'm like it doesn't have to be perfect because it's a stringed instrument it's not going to be completely in tune like perfectly all the time yeah well you know the best piano teachers if you see i mean the best piano tuners if you see a piano tuner that comes in if i see a piano tuner that comes in with a machine a little oscillator that's not the piano tuner i want i want the guy who's got the pitchfork you know because Mm -hmm. uh, you know they they're listening to it. And then, you have to listen to yeah. it. Like, yeah. you don't, it's not the first sound that you hear. It's like how it sustains, the sound it's, sustains you know, itself. Yeah. yeah. You, you just don't want to dial in that pitch. It's not, you know. Totally. That's crazy. Mm. Katie, how many musical instruments do you play? You play the guitar. You play the uke. I don't really play guitar. I kind of just mess around on it. I just bought a guitar, actually. So that's my, my next project is guitar. I play uke. Um... A little bit of piano and then kind of like when we're doing gigs I'll do a little bit of just like some percussion stuff on our Brazilian songs yeah so egg shaker which I know sounds silly but like actually it's a lot harder than it looks and I had to practice on a mirror for like a week before I could get (laughs) that motion right it's really hard because it's not right on the thing it's a little behind isn't it if there's Mm -hmm. like a delay on it is it Mm -hmm. yeah it's a yeah it's like you have to get it you have to hold it a certain way so that it makes that chick, chick. Otherwise, it's just going to be like kind of like a, like a shh oh, sound. Okay. Um, there's people gift me instruments all the time, and I'm like, you know, it's I might not ever pick this up, but sometimes I do. Like, I have this uh, someone gave me a it's a Brazilian type of tambourine called a pandeiro, mm-hmm. and you, you can play it like a tambourine, like you hit it or whatever, and you shake it, but you also, there's a way that you can skim your thumb on the the skin of it and it makes this kind of like a like this i can't make that sound with my lips like this kind of sound you know like when you skim it around Uh the edge and it's like i'm like watching youtube videos of people like 
experts playing this and I'm like, oh my God, like, how never, can I integrate like, this what are they doing? <laughs> yeah. So I can do it kind of slowly, but yeah, for me, uh, mainly voice has been my main yeah. instrument. So it's your management. That's cool. I'm excited to hear you play ukulele. I've, I've heard a lot of piano, so I mean, <laughs> I'm still excited to hear you play piano. <laughs> Whatever. But nobody's been in here with a ukulele before. I have people come in every day to play piano, so yeah. like all the time. Every musician that comes in here, they play piano, and I, and I love it, and they're all original, but it's like I've heard nothing but piano and drums and guitar and ukulele is kind of well, exciting. Well, uke is really easy to learn. I taught myself, and then I took a few lessons just to kind of um, get rid of some bad habits that I was forming. And I, mm. I would recommend that for any instrument. Like, there's a lot that you can teach yourself to start with, but like, always talk to a professional and, and get some some professional lessons because mm. there are things that like. Like I was doing that, I was like, "Oh, I'm I'm not doing that the right way," or I'm like something about my fingerings that are like, "Oh, well, this is actually easier if you do it like this," and like it won't yeah. injure your hand over time. So that's my yeah. problem with guitars and stuff like that. I bought a ukulele when I lived in Virginia, and because uh, I was playing football and a bunch of these uh, Polynesian guys, they all played ukulele, Aww. all the polys, and uh, and so I was like. I was like, hey, man, can I get, like, a ukulele off you guys? So they <laughs> sold me this super awesome ukulele. I never brought it home, but it was, like, a it was like a baby blue, all wood ukulele, and it was a beautiful instrument. And I played, and I played for, like, a whole semester. I tried, and I learned, like, three or four songs. This is forever ago. It was, like, 2007. And, uh, and I learned these songs, and I had a blast, and then I ended up moving out of the apartment, and I just left that ukulele there because it was just – I just had so much crap I couldn't take with me because I was moving back here for the summer. I was like, oh, I'm just going to leave it over there. Well, when I got back, the the, the people who had owned the property, they'd cleaned out my apartment and sold everything. Oh, no. Yeah, so unfortunately, I didn't have that ukulele anymore. But my brother plays, um, and he plays pretty well. He's just like a, just like an average player. Like, I sit at home, mm-hmm. like, I'm just having a drink and whatnot playing some ukulele kind of a guy but it's got a nice timber or a unique timber you know it's true yeah. you always hear guitar but you don't hear i mean it's just a yeah it's, soprano it's guitar, definitely isn't yeah. it? it's very clean sounding um it I mean, has yeah, yeah it does have a, a slightly different timbre than guitar and it yeah. but that also doesn't lend itself well to like a lot of rock songs so there's a lot of music that i like i'll play for myself like if i go camping or something like go up to my family's cabin like i'll bring it and we'll play songs like i'll play songs for like my niece or whatever she wants usually uh-huh. itsy bitsy spider or old mcdonald those are great songs those are um, great songs <laughs> <laughs> they, call, but, they call them nursery rhymes but it yeah. also i find that it also lends itself really well to a really old style of jazz that i like to do uh-huh. um so th- it it sounds really well with that genre there's a lot of songs I wish I could play on, but I just it doesn't sound right, so I don't. Yeah. Like, how many times have we practiced together, and I'm like, I'm not going to play. You guys play. Like, th- it doesn't sound right. <laughs> well, also, uh, you know, your voice is so good. And the other thing is with the ukulele or with any chord instrument, like, if it's just me, I can s- try some crazy – I can do some stuff that maybe wouldn't work so good if you're just playing a straight triad. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when we work with Kevin, it doesn't matter because he's got such a good ear, he'll get out of the way. You know what I mean? 
you know, he plays guitar. Yeah, I don't know what is going through his head most of the time, but it's like he just is so tuned in to whatever, like, the music is that we're, like, that's going on around him. Yeah, no, he's, uh, you don't have to, he just, yeah, stays out of the way if he Mm -hmm. needs to, and so, yeah. That's what's up. Well, what we can do, we should probably... Um, we've been going for an hour and twenty minutes. Wow! That's yeah, like... it's like a time lapse in here. We, we can't. Uh, we can't. I didn't even this know we started. Did we start already? Oh, we started already. Because you kind of yeah. just came and sat down, and while we were talking, and just we totally started. It was, you'd be a really good doctor. Like you just like be like, <laughs> oh, way, you did you cancer? give me the shot already? <laughs> like you know, <laughs> you'd be a good like pediatrician. Like oh, I already gave you the shot. Like you're all vaccinated. Like and they wouldn't even know it. I know it was a ghost start. I just hit. I just hit. Like, start recording right before I introduce you guys. So, oh, no, so cool. now you'll. Uh, now you'll like. Uh, you'll edit this out, right? I, there's no. <laughs> no editing. No edits. This is a hundred percent real. Real life. Right my uh, my guests. They're all about it. They know my shows. They know what okay. to expect. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. nothing on this show. This is like very light compared to what I did last night and okay, the night before good. and the night before. <laughs> so right. yeah. No, this was an awesome show. I really appreciate you guys coming on. Everybody who's listening, um, make sure you subscribe and give us five stars. Where can we find you guys at? Where can people find you? Like we've got um, Facebook, Instagram. Like how can people? Yes, you can like, find me on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Music. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Danny, do you have anything for music lessons? Like, uh, no, no, I don't. You can find uh-huh. Danny wherever I am. Like, you that's can right. Find Danny. I'm around. Danny's, <laughs> town. Danny's not on the Facebook. It's okay, Danny. Don't Is worry it, about it. You think I should? You think I should get on it? No. I actually, I just, I don't <laughs> know what happened. I've been bugging Danny for like a year and a half about like, I'm like, Danny, you gotta get like a calendar on your phone. He has this big wall calendar it's, it's and so like i will go over to his house and i'll like take pictures of his wall calendar and so like because like if i call him he's like well i'm not at home and i'm like well i can check your calendar for you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but now he actually got, finally got the, the they have google an app. calendar they have an app it's called yeah google calendar <laughs> that's what I use. they've had that for a while just uh, it's it's amazing out. you just write in your thing and there it is <laughs> and it'll even buzz you and tell you that you got an appointment within 30 minutes. I didn't probably. know it did if you that. wanted to. If you wanted to, I didn't to. know that. I'm and you, I changed the colors on mine, so like I my work oh, is yellow. Too. Church is purple. All other events are blue, unless there's something okay. specific. I, that oh, great gigs are red, yeah. so those pop out. I'm the same as you, mm-hmm. and I have like it'll it'll beep me multiple times so i'll have my watch because i sync it to my watch but i'll have my watch tell me 15 minutes beforehand but my phone says 30 minutes beforehand so i know automatically like mm-hmm. oh crap i'm 15 minutes in all right we gotta <laughs> vacuum real quick <laughs> you know <laughs> make sure it smells fine in the studio it doesn't smell like a bunch of weed hopefully <laughs> 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 it doesn't smell like it's you know hot box from the night before so <laughs> <laughs> not me it's the bands so it's a problem yeah, that's a problem mm-hmm. not really see the ladder <laughs> <laughs> beer on the floor <laughs> it's easier to spray out there we go you know stink than it is beer so um, i love the smell of beer i think beer smells good just not mm-hmm. beer that's been sitting in a carpet for like a, yeah, two it... days <laughs> kind of <laughs> smells a little weird um but all right well everybody uh we appreciate you listening in make sure that you follow um katie g and the half max we had a blast with danny and katie and uh, just want you to know that uh, it's Sunday, and we wish you a wonderful rest of your day. <laughs>
Peace.